I heard a little promo from PRN saying, we are respecting uniqueness, not conformity. And I have to tell you, I love it. I absolutely love it. I served through all the programs, many programs of PRN. The diversity of opinions on the same subjects is incredible. And, and everybody is welcome, as long as they are coherent and, and have something to contribute. They are welcomed. Um, and I love it, absolutely. So that's what I wanted to tell you. Uh, did I tell you I'm Peter Resnick? And welcome to the Dr. Peter Resnick's toolbox. I'm here in New York, in my home with my ginger tea. Next week, I will be talking to you from Texas. I hope the connection there is good at times when I talk to Gary on, on Skype. Connection is not that great. I will be doing a program with Gary on anti-aging for one week. We'll be recording that program so then you will be able to uh, listen to it or maybe watch it on our sites. Wanted to share with you, I finally figured out what I should be talking about during my shows. And that is exactly what I promised by choosing the title of this show, The Toolbox, Dr. Peter Resnick's Toolbox. And the way I figured it out is uh, I looked at uh, many shows and I it's, it seems to me, it's not in exact numbers, but it seems to me that uh, approximately 10% of people who listen to my show then do downloads from my archives. It's not exact numbers, but around 10%, which means uh, if I see uh, 95 people download it, and then I, I ask actually the people from the studio, how many people listen? They say approximately 900 or 1,000 people. If 1,200 uh, people were listening, I definitely see approximately 100, 120 times people download. Uh, so I figured out now uh, which subjects are more popular. I discovered that when I talk about politics, <laughs> there are fewer listeners, or because I see fewer downloads. And when I talk about the tools that I told you, I will be talking um, about mind-body integrative therapy that I practice. Um, then I have more listeners. So that's that's my conclusion. I have to stick to what probably I do the best. <laughs> and I'm not, as I told you, I'm not a, an expert on politics. I just felt it was important for me to express, to share with you where I stand. Um, today, you will be welcomed to call uh, in the second part of our show. Uh, the number here is nine seven. Oh, excuse me, I was giving you my number. Uh, it's eight 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 seven four eight 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 eight. Again, eight 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 seven four four eight eight eight. And of course, if somebody wants to send me an email, you can call, send it to drpeterresnik at gmail dot com. D r p e t e r r e z and as Nancy IK at gmail.com. Uh, probably it would be a good idea uh, of you 
to for you to call later because I will be doing some mental exercises and those of you who participate may want to get some feedback about the experiences that you have. So that's why I want you to, to, to write down the number here if you don't have it yet. Let's start with a little show and tell. By the way, I would love to know also, I would love to get your feedback, perhaps through my email. Um, if you're interested in my show and tells, if you like it that I start the show usually with a show and tell, I just like sharing. And um, during the week, I have some thoughts or I see some posting on Facebook or another kind of media, and I want to share with you. I want to share with you something uh, that was written about 80 years ago by a Brazilian poet, a novelist and photographer, Mario Raul de Marias Andarade. Andarade. Here is what he said. I counted my years and found that I have less to live from here on than I have lived up to now. I feel like that child who won a packet of sweets. He ate the first with pleasure, but when he realized that there were few left, he began to enjoy them in intensely. I no longer have time for endless meetings where statutes, rules, procedures, and internal regulations uh, are discussed knowing that nothing will be achieved. I no longer have time to support the absurd people who despite their chronological age haven't grown up. My time is too short. I want the essence. My soul is in a hurry. I don't have many sweets in the pocket anymore. I want to live next to human people, very human, who know how to laugh at their mistakes and who are not inflated by their triumphs and who take their responsibilities seriously. Thus, human dignity is defended and we move toward truth and honesty. It is the essential that makes life worth living. I want to surround myself with people who know how to touch hearts, people who have been taught by the hard blows of life to grow with gentle touches of the soul. Yes, I am in a hurry. I'm in a hurry to live with the intensity that only maturity can give. I don't intend to waste any of the leftover sweets. I am sure they will be delicious, much more than that, those that I have eaten so far. My goal is to reach the end satisfied and at peace with my loved ones and with my conscious. I have two lives and the second begins when I realize I have only one. How about that? Uh, I think it's quite powerful. Maybe at this point in my life, I appreciate it more than I would appreciate it any other time, but uh, it's it feels to me so true. Anyway, someone emailed me a question, so I want to answer it before I go to the main subject uh, of today's show. Uh, the email says, 
since you were talking about the subject of fear for the last two show, uh, how do you deal with social anxiety? You did not speak about that. Well, uh, it I didn't speak about it because it really it about anxiety rather than fear. And we spoke about seven faces of fear. Uh, but let me still respond to your request. There are re different reasons people experience social anxiety. Uh, it's important to know that you're not alone and that social anxiety is manageable. To ease the effects of social anxiety, you must find a way to understand your trigger situations, practice positive coping mechanisms and avoid resorting to unhealthy habits. Because very often when people are uncomfortable, they hide themselves under the smoke screen of some, whether it's drugs or uh, watching excessively television or whatever is their drug of choice. What works best depends on your specific situation, of course. But there are some common places anyone can start. Uh, here are a few ideas that can help you. Mm. One, you have to recognize whether it is uh, that your anxiety is because you you are afraid of people's judgment, or you are completely unaware of how it happens, you are unaware of your thinking process. It's just the moment you think about being with people, you're suddenly experiencing anxiety. And that as we spoke about it many times, it's a physical event in the body, you begin to perspire, or you have shortness of breath, um, possibly your hands or your legs tremble. So you have to figure out what it is. And before anything, you have to accept that's what I experience. Remember, you are not alone. 15 million American people experience social anxiety. Can you imagine a little more than one in uh, 20? Or a little bit less uh, than one in 20. But that's how many people experience experience social anxiety. Uh, and very often it is because of a person judging other people of being judgmental, meaning thinking that this person will uh, be judged by people that somehow he or she is inadequate, and that people will not think well about them, or they feel that they will be put on the spot and they will not be able to fend for themselves, they will not be able to express themselves. There is some kind of insecurity. At times it stems from some traumatic experience. Let's say when when a child is growing up and he or she were, were shut down. Uh, and then they got kind of used to being in their environment. But now when they're exposed to a new environment, the feeling is that they will have to go through the same anxieties of being shut down. Uh, my advice is you accept that people are who they are. And it's true, some people will judge you. And some people will not. Some people will like you. 
and some people will not. There are many people who want to be liked by everyone. I have news for you. If it is news, it will never happen, no matter how good you are, what a wonderful person, how helpful you are. There will be always somebody who will not like you. And you have to accept this is the reality of life. Maybe you remind them of their grandfather that they didn't like. Who knows? It's irrelevant. Somebody will always not like you. And somebody will like you. And in order to live your life, you have to take a risk. You have to take a risk. It's when we try to avoid the situation where we would be put on the spot, where we would be uncomfortable, that produces even greater anxiety. You have to say, yes, I'm going to go and be uncomfortable in the beginning. And you will notice that that discomfort is experienced somewhere in the body. So just identify uh, where in the body it feels. And the moment you identify it, focus your mind, possibly uh, uh, imagine that tightness, be aware of it, physically feel it and imagine the tightness. And if you close your eyes and see that tightness, it will look like something. Some people say to me, oh, I feel like tight ropes are there. Or some other people feel like, like it's a cemented, some block, or so, whatever it is. And use your creativity, use your imagination. Remember, in the world of image, everything is possible. And you can evaporate that uh, or liquefy that, that rock. Or you can have hands of light, your hands become hands of light, you go inside and you massage that tightness. Use your imagination and creativity and relax in your mind that tight spot that you experience. Remember the word anxiety uh, comes from Latin angst, which means to choke. You're choking about something, about something happening in your body. So attend, don't try to get away from it, don't talk yourself Anxiety is not logical. Don't talk, try to logically talk yourself out of anxiety by saying, relax. Just connect with the physical sensation and uh, breathe. Remember the technique I taught you. You focus on the, whatever sensation you have and then you begin to breathe out slowly, counting from one to nine in your mind and then breathe in normally counting from one to five, breathe out slowly, counting from one to nine, breathe in normally, counting from one to five. When you breathe out slower than breathe in, you stimulate vagus. It's a quieting nerve that goes from medulla to lungs, heart and stomach. So you immediately relax. And then a little later, you can think of what is it that makes you uh, uncomfortable. First, you have to address the physical sensation. And that physical sensation may uh, occur when you are already in a social situation, or even when you think about going and by some people who have social anxiety actually uh, stay at home, they don't go anywhere. So uh, to, ad to address that you have to um, be very clear about what specifically creates that anxiety. Uh, what is the trigger? Again, you're welcome 
uh, the one who wrote this email, I, you did not write what specific situations. Um, and I assume it's the issue you are dealing with or someone you know. Uh, but what specific situations trigger that anxiety, if not all situations, if not just being with other people creates anxiety? I would like to hear and address that. Uh, but at times, uh, the social anxiety is is caused by something specific, like uh, being afraid to deliver, to, to, to give a talk. I remember something happened a long, long time ago now. I, I don't know, we haven't been in touch for a while, but I had had this friend, I called her Mother Teresa of Lower East Side. Um, she was a Catholic nun we met at, at one occasion, uh, socially. And then she invited me to give a talk on night dreams to her parish somewhere in the Lancy Street, on the Lancy Street. It was a long, long time ago. And so I went there and uh, gave my, my talk. And the the church, the church was located somewhere on the Lancy Street, far from the train. And I started asking, how do I get uh, to the train? I, I don't remember why, but uh, a couple walked over to me and said, oh, we can give you a lift. And it's it's not too far. We'll give you a lift. We go um, to, uh, I think, 14th Street and 4th or 3rd Avenue. So it was from there, it would be very easy for me to get home. So and as I was getting into the car, the, the lady said to me, no, I I want to ask you a question. I, I hope you don't mind. Uh, and I said, no, not at all, please. And she said, I have this anxiety. I'm supposed to, I haven't been sleeping for weeks now. I was giving an assignment by the, the priest to give a talk about the good news. And, um, you know, my, I don't remember real, really the details of her presentation, but of course, uh, the talk was about Jesus and, and the messages that he had. And she said, I don't sleep nights. I wake up and I'm so worried. I'm so anxious. And I, uh, I don't know what to do. Maybe, maybe I have to give up or what would you suggest? And remember, <laughs> one has to be very careful if one comes from a different tradition. Here I go to this place with the Yarmulkan on my head. You know, obviously I'm Jewish, a Jewish person, so I have to be cautious. Uh, and but I turned to her, and you probably noticed um, I like what is called shock therapy to to shock a person. Then they are more open-minded. And I go to, I say to her, "Tell me what are the good news about?" And she goes into this talk. Oh, it's about Jesus. Da 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 da. da. I say, "No, you really don't care about him." <laughs> And she says, what? I say, oh, you absolutely, you don't care about him. You don't care about your talk. And she said, what do you mean? Like feeling a little more like uh, offended. And I said, absolutely. All you care is about you. And she suddenly froze. I said, of course. Look, you want to talk about good news. You want to, to give, you know that when, when uh, Marathon, 
first time we we have this marathon uh, with 16 miles or 26 miles uh, it was an event this event started um, uh, after there was a, a battle in Greece and the Greeks won and a young man ran uh, this 26 miles point whatever uh, to inform the citizens that the battle was won. He did not, and in fact, he arrived, he announced that the battle was won and fell and died. Because it was not about his life. It was about, all about one thing only, to give the good news. So that's the power of commitment. He was carrying a message. You are Catholic, the message you, you say you are devoted to your church, you are devoted to your tradition, but you are anxious about what? What? How people will perceive you? How you will look to people? Whether you speak well? That absolutely doesn't matter. You don't matter. What matters is the message that you are carrying. So just stop it. Stop caring about yourself. Think about what you want to say, even if you have to stumble, even if you have your, let's say, God forbid, you, you cannot talk, you have a sore throat, you have to whisper, it does not matter if it's good news, share the good news. And you know, she got it. And a week later, she I gave her my telephone number, she called me and thanked me profusely, because she said she gave a wonderful speech. Why? Because she no longer judged those of you who are interested in, in uh, uh, reading a little more about this, what judgment does to people and how it impairs their functioning and joy, takes away joy of life, go on my website and under articles you will find the article called Judgment. It's one of the greatest produce sources of our misery. So, and social anxiety definitely comes from judgment. Uh, judge, judging people, not accepting you. Judging people as people who are intolerant and so that they will not be accepting you. And it could come from whatever sources. Maybe you had bad experiences with people in the past. But each day is a new day. It's another opportunity for you to repair your relationship with yourself and others. So take that opportunity. But... Um, let me give you a little exercise, a mental exercise for you and those who want to connect with other people. Uh, I find this exercise being very powerful. I gave it to many people. Once again, uh, those of you who are not familiar with imagery, I want to remind you that our way of thinking is a way of imaging. People think we think. No, with image. Anytime I say anything meaningful, you have quick images in your mind. If I say anything meaningful, if I say a house, you know, if I say mother, you don't see M-O-T-H-E-R. You see a mother, you don't see my mother, you see your mother. And even more, that image affects how you feel, depending on the relationship you have with your mother. So we live life of images. And the images that we carry inside are reflective 
of our emotional life and how we perceive and the world outside and how we interact with that world. But we can have inner rehearsals, that is through imagination, we can envision over and over positive outcome. And then we go into uh, a waking life. And it's already been rehearsed. So it's much, much easier for us to live through that experience in a waking life. That's what a good actor does, by the way, too. They, they practice, 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 and then they go and perform and they do well. And the same uh, thing that, uh, is done by a person who, let's say, has fear of public speaking. He or she practices, imagines doom and gloom, imagines that they fail, and then they go and succeed. Meaning what? They fail. That's ex they do exactly what they envisioned. So imagination is a, a inner rehearsal of events, feelings yet to come. So let's do this a little exercise. Those of you who would like, close your eyes and say mentally to yourself, I'm doing this exercise with an intention to connect. Breathe gently and evenly, long, slow exhalations, nice and easy inhalations, breathing out twice as slow as breathing in. And think or imagine a beam of white light coming out of your chest, moving forward, but as it moves out of your chest, a foot, a foot and a half. Think of it or imagine it curving to the right, making a complete circle around you. And see on the distance different people, possibly people that you are concerned about or you are uncomfortable being around, see them all in the distance. Feel yourself being safe and comfortable within your cocoon. And now slowly breathe out and see and feel that circle of white light expanding in all directions, creating a bigger and bigger circle till it embraces people on the distance. And each time a person enters your circle, see them lifting their eyes, lifting, looking at you and smiling and you smiling back. When ready, breathe out one time and open your eyes. This simple exercise, if you uh, experience uh, discomfort being around people, or you simply want to bring people in your life, it's also a good exercise. But you do it at least three times a day uh, for one week and see what happens. And if you see even 5, 10, 15% improvement, that's fantastic. Then you do it for two more weeks. So altogether three weeks and see what happens. By the way, uh, if you want to call again, and uh, give me the feedback about your experience doing this ex exercise, or any exercise that will follow, please call at 888-874-4888. Uh, let's do now a few more exercises. Uh, it is 
I, I have to preempt, you know, uh, th this exercise that I want to give you are still continuation of the two previous shows that I asked when I spoke about the faces of fear. Uh, and I, when I finished the subject, I felt I gave you a lot of, uh, how to say, didactic material, explanations, uh, help you, I hope, helped you to understand how these fears uh, appear, why they appear, and possibly how to deal with them intellectually. But there is a whole other way to deal with them, and that is through mental imagery. And I felt like I kind of shortchanged you. And I felt that today I wanted to give you mental exercises. But the reason I didn't give them to you before, and I'm even reluctant now, is because I, I'm afraid people who experience, experience, go through these experiences, are not calling. And if you're not calling, if everything was fine, it's okay, you don't need to call. But if there is some discomfort, if an image comes that is kind of disturbing, what do you do with it? I really would appreciate that you would call because I will teach you how to make a correction. If there is something distressful, I don't want you to stay with that distress. Remember the images that come, they are not only a reflection of who you are at the moment, they're also a blueprint of where you're going. So I don't want you to get stuck with some negative image. Just call right away, share with me, and um, and I will teach you what to do to make it better. If you absolutely cannot call, then send me an email. And even if, if you decide not to send an email and you decide not to call, but it was some disquieting experience, I am telling you, Everything is possible in the world of imagination. Use your will and creativity and always come victorious from every experience. Okay? So let's do a couple of exercises. Uh, let's do some anxiety exercises. This one is a quick one. By the way, I would I will give you first a, a series of these quick exercises for anxiety. And each person is different. So some exercises may, may resonate with one person, but they may not resonate with another person. So whatever exercise feels right for you, uh, you can use it in the future. Uh, I will do several exercises, and if you don't remember them, you can later go uh, tomorrow. They will be posting this show on my ar archives, and you can <laughs> excuse me. you can download them and listen to them again. So close your eyes. That's if you experience any discomfort, if it's an anticipatory anxiety or anxiety that you cannot even explain. There is a disquieting feeling. Close your eyes. 
and see yourself as a lotus, flower lotus of a thousand petals, opening to the sun. When you all open, know that the anxiety is over. Then open your eyes. Good. Okay. Next exercise for anxiety. Close your eyes. Remember, you will be doing this exercise. If you are not anxious this very moment, you will not feel much improvement. You will not feel much difference. But if you are experiencing anxiety, then it will be more apparent. But it's good for you to know this exercise. If you at times experience anxiety, you can try it now or you can just listen to it and do it in the future. Okay. Close your eyes. And see yourself in the elevator on 16th floor. Press the button one and watch the numbers slowly go down as the elevator is moving down from 16. Watch then 15 and 14 and so on. When the elevator reaches number one, see the doors open and you walk out and breathe in fresh air, then open your eyes. Good. Now this exercise I want to give you is a very powerful exercise. Uh, my teacher, blessed memory Colette, uh, gave it as an exercise for, for danger, when a person is in danger. And I know one person, one of Colette's students, who was actually in a dangerous situation. And uh, imagine this, use this. Oh, actually, I did it also. Uh, but uh, I will tell you. Uh, and use this exercise and escape danger. Uh, but I also use this exercise. I will tell you after we do the exercise how. And... Um, and it also worked. So close your eyes. Breathe out gently one time. And see yourself covered with white silk cover, like a turban covering you from head to toe. You can see things through it from inside, but you're completely covered and nobody can see you inside, from the outside. See yourself safe, safe and protected. Then open your eyes. You know, one time I used this exercise, Colette probably wouldn't like it, and it happened maybe 25 years ago. I was taking a train and yeah, and I, I forgot to buy a ticket. It was from Long Island Expressway. 
and I forgot to buy a ticket. And you know, those of you who take the train, probably it's always the same. You stick your little ticket in front of you. There is a place where you stick it. And the conductor comes and punches it through. So in the, usually there are three people sitting. And when the, the train is full, three people sit one next to the other in on the bench. And so the, the train was full. And you have to take my word. I did not try. And, and it was like a short ride. Uh, I don't uh, I think I was going to Great Neck. So it would at that time, it would be $4 or $5. It wasn't about $4. I really wanted to test that exercise. So and so I did, did not have the ticket. And the way it works is they walk over, they take this little ticket. Uh, and a person on my left, a person on my right, stuck their ticket in in front of them. And I stuck nothing. And I just sat quietly, not pretending that I was sleeping or sitting quietly, just staring in front of me where my ticket would be supposed to stick out. And the conductor walked by. He took the ticket on my a person on my left, punched it through the ticket on my right, punched it through. I continued sitting under the white silk turban, staring into space. And the conductor passed by. So I, I owe uh, Long Island Expressway $4.25. I think that's my guilt. The word guilt, by the way, literally means debt, D-E-B-T. So I'm in debt. Uh, but the exercise really worked. So I just wanted you to know this exercise. Now let's do a, a little bit more complex exercise called the awakening. By the way, if anybody wants to call and make any comments, now would be a good time. You can call 888-874-4888. Nobody's calling. So we do the exercise awakening. Close your eyes. Breathe out gently three times. Long, slow exhalations. Nice and easy inhalations. Breathing out twice as slow as breathing in. See and sense yourself awakening from a long, deep sleep. You're on the bank of the river flowing from your right to your left. In any way you can think or imagine it, take your anger or shy, shyness or avoidance or drug, whether it's alcohol or anything, or anything you, you have been numbing yourself, with and throw it into the river. See it being taken away the, by the waters of the river of life and find before you a bridge across the river. 
examine what you have on you and with you and take with you only what you need in your new life on the other side. Cross the bridge and set it on fire. See it burn, disintegrate and collapse into the river. Walk into your new life, no longer looking back. When ready, gently breathe out one time and open your eyes. And know that any time in the future, if you are tempted to do something that is undesirable, or you have anxiety, or any discomfort, all you do is for a split second, you close your eyes and see the debris of the bridge being carried away. Uh, remember, you can do this exercise also with any of those fears. Remember, we went through seven, seven phases of fears. So each one, if it comes to your mind, you throw into the river and cross the bridge. The next exercise is seeds of darkness, seeds of life. Close your eyes. Breathe gently and even long, slow exhalations, nice and easy inhalations, breathing out twice as slow as breathing in. See and sense how the seeds of darkness and decay eat away from the roots of your life. Know that these seeds grow from fear and doubt born of negative beliefs and false desires. Breathe out one time. Feel, see and live that by bringing these seeds into light, they quickly wither and lose their power to sabotage your new creations. Burn the seeds. Take the ashes, the good fertilizer, and throw the ashes in the garden of life. Plant the seeds of life and water them. See what happens when ready. Open your eyes. Any feedback? Anybody wants to call? Anybody cares? Okay. I will continue. I will give you a few more exercises. This called this one is called blind spot window of the heart. Close your eyes. Breathe out gently three times. Long, slow exhalations. 
nice and easy inhalations. Breathing out twice as slow as breathing in. Look inside of the window of your heart. See that expecting, judging, and comparing makes disappointment inevitable. Breathe out one time. Notice the blind spot that blocks your view. Find a way to clear the blind spot. See how by doing so, you experience a change of heart and turn your mind. When ready, gently breathe out one time and open your eyes. Again, these exercises are designed not for you getting any insight or understanding of your life. It's not intellectual exercises. This work is phenomenological. The exercises have value on their own. Whatever happens in your imagination has an impact on, on your life. The only thing that you need to watch is that it would always at the end be a positive experience. And if it's not, use your will and imagination to change it to be a, a positive experience. But never negating, never denying something negative, which means if let's say something you see as a result, something negative, you don't simply substitute it with positive, no. Or you discovered something that you don't like, and you go, no, 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 I, I will put something there that I do like. No. That's wishful thinking. What you do is you engage that image and you transform it. That is, you see what is not positive, you engage it. Let's say somebody's confronting you, and you don't instead imagine somebody bringing you flowers you engage that person who confronts you, you either appease him and find him, make peace with him or defeat him. Now we have uh, somebody calling, I would like to take that phone call. This is my friend Daryl from the Bronx. Daryl, you are on the air. Hello, Daryl. Thank you so much for taking my call. You, yeah. you. Dr. Resnick, your exercises are absolutely wonderful. With regard to that last explanation, just really quickly, um, would that be processing the event so that it transforms into which something positive? One? Which one? Tell me which exercise. <laughs> the last exercise that you were, you were explaining that rather rather than uh, suggesting that you that you're you're changing something. In other words, something negative happens, and then you put a positive there, yeah. rather than addressing the negative and processing it through until it turns out to be a positive experience for you. Oh, thank you, Th Daryl. This is a fantastic question. I have to tell you because 
you are making me repeat something that sometimes people miss and and they don't they're not clear about it so here is here is the difference let's say let's say i i feel i i see myself being arrested or being in poverty and then i don't like it so i imagine the a cop walking over and giving me flowers or if i'm in poverty i imagine myself living in a castle that's wishful thinking there is no transformative experience there is no use of our will once if when we don't use our will within imagination we don't change anything inside of us instead for example the same thing let's say if i see myself in poverty uh, then i feel that poverty i feel myself let's say walking the streets with no food and then see myself uh, engaging in some activity and buying something and selling it and buying more and building my business and i occupy my mind i spend a whole minute or two building a whole corporation and now i see myself a boss now i went through that creative process basically what i'm telling to my subconscious mind you are a creator and i'm sending the message to myself and into the universe i am the creator i can change my things to better that's that's the process daryl did, did i answer the question or i was not answering it? yes 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 it was totally clear yeah. and it was it was a re affirmation that's an interesting word uh it, it was a reinforcement of what um i i had the thought that you were speaking before and and i just i've, I've been going over a conversation from last week and um every time i listen to it because i like to listen to what i say so that i can be more precise uh-huh. and uh, improve my communication skills in the context that oftentimes when i speak to people um they fail to hear what i say and they hear what they hear <laughs> so it's challenging to communicate at point and um when i get an opportunity is it, it, the best place to communicate with you on your website or through your website excuse me excuse me i'm still recovering from a cold oh that's one that's something else i wanted to speak to you about uh, uh, my suggestion is refrain from owning it by saying by saying uh it's my cold or um analyzing even where the the uh, symptom came from um and put the focus and the energy into I'm embracing the healing that I've been given by I am agape the father Yahweh. Right, right, right. So and it's challenging in the context that it's totally get yeah, um bring it up, get it out. Yeah, <laughs> that's the physical part. <laughs> it's interesting. That's the physical part. There it's interesting that the coughing happened. Now when only few minutes are left to the show. So it's so, not didn't have it there is a reason for it <clears throat> exactly exactly right i'm gonna let you continue sharing with folks but I, I i just wanted to communicate with you this week after our discussion last week 
And if I'm really fortunate, I'll be able to detail by the conversation each scripture that that applied. Um, and I just enjoy your listening to you and how you process. So thank you so much for your work. Thank you for calling. And your life. Forget your work. <laughs> for your life. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, so we have still a few minutes. Yeah, Daryl is right, you know, uh, about about the, the cold. And I think I told you last time that I did not figure out what was happening here. Uh, but I, I figured out this week. But still, you know, there is mental, emotional reality. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> and then there is a physical reality. And you may get some insight, mentally and emotionally. You may even resolve the conflict. But the physical body is much more dense. So and it takes time for it to recover. Uh, it's interesting that I started coughing now, again, at the end of the show, and I felt quite good. I, you know, I've been recovering the last couple of days. I felt really good, and suddenly now this, this cough. So uh, it probably happened because I needed to to be humbled and tell you, look, look, I'm teaching you about imagery. I'm teaching you about wellness, but uh, I'm vulnerable, and uh, I have to work on myself, too. Uh, and even if you work, even if you have all the tools, <coughs> excuse me, all the tools in the world, sometimes it works better, sometimes it doesn't, uh, and you have to accept it, and, <clears throat> and that's it. Uh, you live with it. And most important, I think, one of the most important things is not to judge and to ex to accept that you are a vulnerable human being. And things don't always go the way you want. That's that's my main lesson from life. Uh, let me see if I can. Yeah, I would love to give you. We have five more minutes. I want to give you another exercise. Okay, let's do the exercise called grounding. I will do it with you as I talk. Close your eyes and see yourself on the path to a big tree. As you get closer, you see an opening in the tree large enough for you to enter. So enter the tree and begin to breathe as one with the tree. Feel your body becoming part of the trunk of the tree, your toes curling up and becoming the roots, your arms stretching upward, becoming branches. Feel yourself taking in CO2 from the air, converting it to oxygen. Feel deep roots connecting with the earth and getting nourishment from the earth, spreading it through the whole trunk and branches and even leaves. Know that what it is to be connected with above and below.
Now slowly breathe out one time and become aware of your body separating from the trunk, the branches releasing your arms, the roots releasing your legs, your feet. You find yourself inside of the tree, thank the tree for the experience, step out of the tree, walk out feeling connected with the earth and nature. When ready, breathe out one time and open your eyes. This exercise, ladies and gentlemen, I recommend <clears throat> I recommend to people who feel sometimes not connected, not up, feel uprooted. This is for rootedness, for connectedness with yourself and the world around you. Uh, this is also very good for people who are recovering from substance abuse or people who went through separation, uh, emotional separation, let's say they lo uh, lost somebody or said goodbye to loved ones, uh, with divorce, separation. That time we always need to feel rooted and connected, connected to something bigger than us, supported by something bigger than us. And this is a very good exercise. Anyway, you're welcome to uh, write to me if you have any questions or comments. Um, and I'm looking forward to having your attention next week. As I said, I will be in Texas. I've never been to Texas yet. So that will be my first experience. Uh, I heard that it's hot. The rest we'll see. I will keep you updated. The show will be uh, aired uh, on Tuesday. So I will be talking to you on Tuesday, but Sunday, Monday, I will be already doing this workshop on uh, anti-aging. So I will have some updates for you. Thank you very much for your attention and participation today. Be happy and peace to all who want to live in peace.